inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy and teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Have you ever wondered why things seem so crazy? Have you ever wondered how things got done? Have you ever wondered who took on the job to get something so big done that it seemed impossible, but yet it was done? Have you ever looked at the news and watched the the reports and just sh- shake your head, man, because it's like, wow, what is going on out there? It's crazy, right? I mean, yesterday I was reading an article and I was stunned. College fired biology professor for teaching sex was determined by chromosomes X and Y. Four students reportedly walked out of the professor's class when he stated that sex was determined by X and Y chromosomes. What? I was a I was a medic in the army. I took biology in high school. I took a few college classes, although I spent five years in college, but I had a lot more fun than I did any education. It's science. It's science. What St. Philip's College in San Antonio, Texas, reportedly fired one of its biology professors for teaching his students that sex was determined by X and Y chromosomes. It's stunning. So First Liberty uh, filed a lawsuit or at least sent a letter uh, to the university, and this is what they said. When teaching the human reproductive system, Dr. Varkey also stated that human sex is determined by chromosomes X and Y, and that reproduction must occur between a male and a female to continue the human species. First Liberty stated in his letter, quote, in the course of teaching human anatomy and physiology, he made these statements in every class for 20 years without any incident or complaint. Isn't that stunning? This is why it's so important to understand the basics. It's so important to understand our reason why. This is why I teach science. This is not opinion. It, the biology and sociology and physiology and theology all wrapped up together. One of my favorite pastors was Billy Graham, and I loved what he used to say. He used to say, any preacher worth his weight has a Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other. And so I always have a newspaper in my one hand. I might have a Bible in the other, I might have a a textbook, I might have a psychology manual, I might have a psychiatry manual. I might be teaching from logotherapy or transactional analysis or neuro-linguistic programming. But what I'm teaching is sciences. And I wanna show you how these things show up individually in ourselves and collectively or corporately in groups. Because what is a group? It is a is a set of individuals. And so the base common denominator is the individual. And this is why I really get into um, existential. You know, it, it's really important. Logotherapy is really about existentialism. Now, when I say existentialism, 
This is the problem because words have multiple meanings, right? We can use one word and it can mean six different things. This is why when you go back to the original text in the Bible, the Masoretic text, that sometimes uh, it's hard uh, to coincide that with what you're reading in the English version of the Bible because the original text actually says something a little bit different because English and Hebrew or in English and Greek do not necessarily have word-for-word direct translations. And so when I say existential crisis, when I say things like that, some people think I'm talking about philosophy. And existentialism is, is philosophy concerned with existence, human existence as viewed in theories of existentialism. It is actually a series of ideas made famous by Jean-Paul Sartre in the 1940s in which the world has no meaning. That's not what I'm talking about. Although I would agree with the statement, the only meaning that life has is the meaning that we give it because that's how we're going to live. But when I say existential, I mean relating to existence. These existential questions are things that drive us. They are deep, deep drivers. They are a reason for existence. They are a standard. They are, are our litmus test for how you rate yourself. Was my life or is my life a success? What's the set of those existential questions? Whether you're consciously aware of it or not, that's what you're testing it against. My life is going or not going well. Based on what? Based on these underlying existential purposes. And if you don't understand, there's going to be a, either a congruence that you're not aware of so you can't duplicate it, or an incongruence that actually causes some problems. Matter of fact, Dr. Viktor Frankl, who is the father of a logotherapy, said that these can actually cause physical symptoms. Matter of fact, he said he believed that suffering is part of life and that man's ultimate freedom is the ability to choose how to respond to any set of given circumstances, even the most painful ones. This is why we got to know those important questions of who we are, of why we're here. Because in Dr. Frankel's work in the science of logotherapy, he realized that people struggle with these feelings of meaningless. Uh, It's an existential vacuum, he would call it. And there's one going on in America right now. We don't know who we are. And a lot of us, I'm a white Christian male, conservative. So I'm being told that I'm evil. I'm being told that I have no value. I'm being told that I am the greatest threat to this country by our current president. Now, if I believe that, that would create much angst in me. That would create, uh, man, dysphoria, right? Not sexual dysphoria, but existential dysphoria. I would struggle getting out of bed. I would struggle with any passion or drive. I would focus on all the hatred the world is dishing out and find a a direction, a purpose for my anger, for my uh, not being enough. I got to blame somebody. Where do I direct my anger? Oh, there's that orange man. I can do it to Trump. That's all that's going on. Dr. Frankel realized that uh, logotherapy is man's will to meaning. It's based on the premise that humans are driven to find a sense of meaning, a purpose in their life. And according to Frankel, life's meaning can be discovered in three different ways. By creating work or accomplishing some task, by experiencing something fully or loving somebody, 
or by the attitude that one adopts toward unavoidable suffering. And I truly believe that helping people find meaning in their lives by identifying unique roles that they, only they, can fulfill is not is the only way, an excellent way, but I'd say almost the only way to really get people on fire for their lives, for their family, for their values, with passion and enthusiasm. Remember, Martin Niemöller, he was, I think, a Protestant uh, past, maybe he was a Catholic priest, I don't know, but he challenged Hitler. He realized that what Hitler was doing was wrong. And he said, you know, first they came for the socialists, I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me and there's no one left to speak for me. It was Dr. Viktor Frankl himself who said, everything can be taken from man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. Forces beyond your control can take away everything you possess except one thing, your freedom to choose how you will respond to the situation. To be sure, man's search for meaning may arouse inner tension rather than inner equilibrium. However, precisely such tension is an indispensable prerequisite of mental health. There is nothing in the world, I venture to say, that would so effectively help one to survive even the worst conditions as the knowledge that there is a meaning in one's life. And he goes on to say, there's much wisdom in the words of Nietzsche. He who has a why to live for can bear almost anyhow. Dr. Viktor Frankl. And today we are blessed because there's a shift going on at Like It Matters Radio and Living Life Like It Matters, the podcast. You know, I do what I do on the radio and podcast because what I've been doing in life for 31 years. For 31 years, I've been transforming people. I've been creating environments, leadership training that help people become the best version of themselves. You can check it out, likeitmatters.net. And now at Like It Matters Radio, which encompasses our podcast, A Living Life Like It Matters, and wherever you listen to podcasts, please like us, subscribe, uh, put us on your uh, list, share us, please download. All those things give us credit. And those credit gives us the opportunity to make money because advertisers see how many people are not only tuning in, but also clicking on stuff. So help us out, please. And at Like It Matters Radio, I want to challenge your thinking. We want to examine our lives. We're called to examine our lives. It was Socrates that said, an unexamined life is not worth living. It was Paul who said, examine yourself to see if you're still in the faith. We're to examine our beliefs. We're to examine the way we're showing up in the world. And as part of our mission, we bring guests from all sectors of life to share their drive, their humanity, their struggles, their reason why. And today, you are blessed because you are going to have eight minutes with the woman who brought down Roe v. Wade. Now, no matter what you think of that or not, if you're pro-life or pro-choice, it's a big deal. It was a law that people swore by. It was, a, it was a right people said that they would die for. And it would never be overturned in this country. And yet, we're now a little bit beyond the year. 
June 24th, a year ago, that it was overturned. And so think about this. The Dobbs decision overturned something that we thought was impossible ever overturn. And with this action being cataclysmic in the political and spiritual world, we thought we would answer a few of the W questions of journalism. You know, the, the five W's of journalism, who, what, where, when, and why. And then that big H, right? That big H, the how question in relation to the overturning of this landmark judicial decree. According to the Los Angeles Times, the woman who brought down Roe is Marjorie Dannenfelser. She is the president of the Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America. And in 2016, she played a key role in getting President Trump to commit to appoint U.S. Supreme Court justices who opposed abortion. This just, it, it didn't happen organically. It didn't happen by mistake. The world is moving further and further away from God and, and America's leading the charge. So this wasn't some natural thing. This was effort. This was strategized. This was planned. And the plan was put into place very effectively. SBA Pro-Life or the Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America PAC was a key player in this role. And their president was in the battle early on. In the 2022 election cycle, SBA Pro-Life America and its super PAC Women Speak Out raised more than $78 million to fund outreach to 8 million pro-life voters through door-to-door canvassing, mail, texting, and digital communications. Indeed, SBA Pro-Life America is the largest grassroots pro-life political group in the country. Today, on Living Life Like It Matters, the podcast, we are proud to present Marjorie Denon Selfer and offer you eight minutes with a woman who brought down Roe v. Wade. This is Scott Black of Like It Matters. As many of you know, I have been helping people to be the best they were created to be. Many more people need to receive the benefits of Leadership Awakening. Mental health in our communities is a real issue. We recently received our 501c3 nonprofit status with the emphasis of creating and delivering, taking back your power and your freedom to the least among us struggling with mental health issues. Please help us help others. You can save a marriage, save a business, or a life by supporting Like It Matters with your tax-deductible gifts. All gifts are needed, large, small, and everything in between. Please consider becoming a monthly partner at likeitmatters.net. Give today at likeitmatters.net. And by the way, Like It Matters Leadership Awakening classes will continue. Check out the schedule at likeitmatters.net as we build our training for those suffering from the challenges of poor mental health. God bless you. I could listen to any national big personality like Glenn Beck or Dave Ramsey, but the way Scott Black applies his academic approach to the average person is so much more relatable. Hey, this is Brett from Sacramento. On the Like It Matters radio show, Scott encompasses a 360-degree view of day-to-day life. So that obviously starts with spirituality and branches out into leadership, branches out into your workplace social issues, family issues, local issues, national issues, political issues. If you're able to clearly see kind of where you're at, what your purpose is, everybody needs this. It is life-changing. 
You know Like It Matters Radio brings truth therapy. Here's what you can do to help share this truth. Please call the program manager of your local radio station and ask them to add Like It Matters Radio to their schedule. Like It Matters Radio is radio like it matters. So Marjorie, uh, you're considered the woman who brought down Roe. What do you consider your role in this battle? In other words, Marjorie, how do you see yourself in the battle for life, uh, protecting life in the womb? Well, I see myself as part of a giant army and definitely not the one. Um, And certainly with the power of prayer and smart political strategy. And the most important part, an enormous pro-life sentiment and an organic movement that was leveraged politically in elections over time that created a pro-life Senate, uh, got a pro-life president, allowed the uh, nomination and uh, of Supreme Court justices that would over that would then hear the case, the perfect case to overturn Roe. That political piece of it, while a lot of people don't enjoy politics, especially a lot of pro-lifers are, you know, kind of shy away from it. Um, yeah. That political piece of it was necessary, and it was necessary to wake the pro-life movement up to make those things happen. Yeah, I was told all my life that it's never going to change. It's never going to change. And, man, it's just stunning when it finally came down. You know, I, I have heard, Marjorie, of what one issue voters, you know, and it seems like abortion is your issue. I mean, SBA, you know, Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America is, I think, the largest grassroots pro-life political organization in the country. And so that's Mm -hmm. your issue. Let me ask you, what happened in your life that made you so committed on the abortion issue? Well, I I did get to the point where I believed and still do that it is the seminal right, the one that leads to every single other right. And without it, um, we uh, have no access to anything else. So, but I was very pro-choice. Um, thought I was going to have an abortion. Uh, I uh, didn't even think it, think about it at all. I just made sure that I had an appointment. Didn't want anybody intervening, and nobody did. Um, was not necessary for me to uh, have an abortion. But what it did do is it made me start to think what I was gonna, what I was really close to doing. And a lot of people, I was at Duke University, chair of the College of Republicans there, very political, but not on this, and not pro-life on this. So just good people, smart people, taking philosophy, thinking it through, worked at the Heritage Foundation, and there were people pro-choice and pro-life there. But it just made me engage, look at the argument, and the one thing that I could not answer with honesty uh, uh, in terms of my pro-choice position was, what is that thing? that is happening mm. in an abortion. What is the object of it? And if you if you can say it's not a human being, then this is the stupidest movement that ever was. <laughs> I mean, it really Amen. is an outrage that we would control people's bodies, right? But if you can yep. say, which obviously is, and science tells you that it's a, the beginning of all of our lives, uh, uh, it's a human being, then, then you must... Then you must swallow your pride and say, okay, this is the beginning of all of our lives. So from that, Mm. because I was very political, I knew like, okay, if you're going to save these lives and serve these women in a way that they really deserve, we got to get a hold of this incredible force in this country and leverage that muscle in elections and make sure we get to a point where we can do what we're literally doing right now, passing laws that save lives. 
No, amen, amen. What is your assessment of where we're at now with overturning Roe v. Wade? Where are we at in the battle against infanticide? Well, we are at the starting line. We've worked for 50 years to get to the starting point. And so now is a point of, uh, of open possibility. In the last year, almost half the country moved to enact strongly pro-life laws, 24 states passing legislation that limited abortion to from conception, anywhere from conception to 12 weeks. Then the other side comes in and is trying to take over that territory with constitutional amendments. We're going on offense and defense. And then we have the most important election, um, this po- the first post-Dobbs presidential election, where we'll see what sort of national leader we have and what kind of national pro-life leader rises up uh, that that it, that we can elect, and that is really important because the long term for California, Illinois, um, all, uh, New York, and and similar states, half the states, uh, is very bleak um, for the right to life, and it should never be a function of one's geography to determine whether you live or die, whether Amen. where you yeah. live should not predict whether you live or not. So we have to have a federal approach to this as well. Amen. In Michigan and New Mexico, let me add those to your list as well. Last question, and we'll get you out of here. Yeah, What are your thoughts about President Trump and his role in eventually overturning Roe v. Wade? Did he play a part or no? Oh, he was pivotal. He, he, therefore, is so far the most pro-life president in history. He uh, made a commitment to uh, me and to the pro-life movement that we made sure everybody knew, and it was about judges. And he did exactly what he said he was going to do. And then what no one thought could happen is that the Roe versus Wade was overturned at that Supreme Court. Uh, so, but and now the most the most important thing that is happening is what is ha- is the future. The future is more important is mo- the most important thing. So we're looking very carefully at what every single one of those uh, candidates on the debate stage say, who who has a vision, who is clear, um, how ambitious do you think you can be for life? Uh, and it's our job to make sure that that communication happens. We put our support be- behind um, the the best uh, and most clear candidate. And if there, any of those candidates say they don't have a job because there is no responsibility for a president, then that person will cannot receive the support of, uh, of the pro-life movement. Oh, amen. And you already know we're one of those people on the debate stage stands on the pro-life issue, and that's President mm, that's Trump. Right. So, that's right. That's amen. right. Marjorie, I know you're busy. And by the way, I went to UNLV in 1983-84. Uh, we beat Duke uh, in 1986. <laughs> Remember that? And I was I head was of the college Republican. I was... So was I, I was head of the college Republicans, and I was uh, uh, very active uh, in. Actually, I consider myself pro-choice as well. I'm not proud of that, but uh, when you started talking to Duke at UNLV, I was a cheerleader like, for UNLV. So. Yeah, I was there uh, during the Final Four with New Orleans. So when you said Duke oh and you said gosh. pro-choice and then you said the college Whoa. Republicans, like, I was state chairman for Nevada and I was UNLV chairman for college Republicans about the same time. Now, you're a lot smarter than I am, a lot more successful. Oh, but, absolutely uh, <laughs> not. No, absolutely not. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we met at some college Republican uh, national convention is, thing. 
That is you know? so strange. I, I was in New Orleans when uh, we nominated Bush and we wanted Kemp and they caught, you know, Dan Quayle. You oh, know? Kemp, so I was like, me too. I was, like, I was a Kemp. I was a Kemper. Yeah. Yeah, yeah me too. Me <laughs> That's too. That's so cool. Now, we I know you're on a tight lot. schedule. Oh my gosh, it's well, trivia. I would love talking. someday to I have know. you. Yeah. I I would love to have you come back sometime and be on the show with me. So I know you're oh, busy. You I want to honor honor your time. But God bless you and you're I'll so reach fine. out to you again and see God when we can get you, you back on the schedule. Okay. God bless you. That'll be great. We'll kick over college days. All right. Bye-bye. When I attended the Leadership Awakening workshop, I didn't know what to expect, but I was open. The tools taught at Leadership Awakening helped me discover things about myself that were holding me back from being all God created me to be. Providential? That word coins these life-changing classes because I now realize there are works God has already created for me to walk in, and these workshops helped me to see this more clearly. I received practical insights that I am already applying to be a more focused businesswoman, influential mom to my two teenagers, an eight-and-a-half-year-old son, and patient and passionate wife. I got rid of a lot of clutter in my head. BS, they call it, belief systems that were not serving me. If you want to know what it means to empower others instead of trying to control them, if you want to build a productive team in two days, if you want to press the reset button in your life and give yourself a fresh new beginning, then do yourself and your family a favor and attend the next Leadership Awakening. It's time the giant in you comes alive. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. Welcome back to Living Life Like It Matters. Wasn't that incredible? You had eight minutes with the woman who brought down Roe v. Wade, a powerful woman, a woman with vision, a woman who was willing to take the risk, a woman who was willing to answer the call. And that's what we do at Living Life Like It Matters. So please, wherever you listen to these podcasts, please like us, please share us, please. We need your assistance. Uh, And man, if you live in a, a place that's outside of Minneapolis, please call your local conservative talk radio show. Call your talk radio shows, your AM stations, FM, and tell them to put Like It Matters Radio on the airwaves. We are on the satellite so that all these radio stations can access us. And I have a daily show that I do out of Minneapolis, St. Paul. Uh, It's called Like It Matters Radio. You can access that on likeitmattersradio.com. That is different than this podcast. And so we do, we want to help people live their lives like they matter. And so on this radio, I'm always going to put on people, always going to talk about things that are going to help you get better, to be a leader under construction, to work to be a little bit better today than yesterday, a little bit better tomorrow than today, because we all have a purpose. Why were you created? Why did the God of the universe breathe life in that carbon-based life form? Why did God save you, call you out, and yet not take you home? There's a reason. And there's a reason for your struggles. What can you learn from these struggles? How do you learn to overcome? Quit looking for outside answers. We must learn again to pick ourselves up by our bootstraps, to pick ourselves up, to dust ourselves off and hit again. A righteous person will stumble seven times but get back up, but the wicked will stumble into ruin. We've got to realize that adversity is the road to greatness. 
You look at any great leader and they had to overcome adversity. Even in the Bible, before God used somebody in a big way, whether you're talking about Moses, you're talking about Joseph, two precursors of Christ, two symbols, two shadows, and both of them had their time in the pit. Both of them had their time in the desert. Both of them had their time in the valley. And both of them were trained in Egypt, which in the Bible references the world, to be used by the kingdom. So in closing, I want to share with you this poem I found. This has to be a couple of hundred years old. It's called The Call. It's by Earl Emmons. And it's supposedly in English, but it's English from at least 100 years ago. So if I stumble a little bit, uh, even though it's supposed to be my language, uh, it seems a little different. It's called The Call by Earl H. Emmons. Did you ever have a longing to get out and buck the trail and to face the crash and lightning and the thunder and the gale? Not for no particular reason, but to give the world the laugh and to show the roaring elements you still can stand the gaff. Don't you ever feel a yearning just to try your luck again down the ripping, plunging rapids with a bunch of regular men? Don't you ever sort of hanker for a rough and risky trip just to prove you're still a living and you haven't lost your grip. Can't you hear the woods a-calling for to have another try sleeping out beneath the spruces with a roof of moonlit sky with the wind a-sort of singing through the branches overhead and your fire a-gaily cracking and your pipe a-glowing red. Don't you often get to feeling sort of cramped and useless there making figures and a shine in your pants upon a chair. Don't you yearn to get acquainted once again with life and God? If you don't, then heaven help you, for you're a dying in your pod. When you live your life like it matters, it does. You have been listening to Mr. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters, Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.